0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18+. plus. Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell, talking with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here tonight as we are going to bring you Talking in Circles. Got a great show planned. We're going to review the weekend that was at Richmond Raceway. It ended up being Alex Bowman, a kind of a surprise victor in uh, in the NASCAR Cup Series race at Richmond. We'll discuss that. He didn't have the best car, but he right moment, the right time, and he capitalized. There's no question about that. We'll discuss that. Also, John Hunter Nemechek having a great year in trucks, held off the boss man to win the truck race at uh, Richmond the day before. We'll of course get to our fantasy picks in a little while as well, but. We'll take your phone calls, 917-889-8280. That's the number to call here tonight on Talking in Circles if you want to join the show. It was Alex Bowman up so going to victory lane today. Um, like I said, they didn't, have the greatest, they didn't have the best car. He was a top five car from, you know, for most of the day. Uh, worked his way up from, a, from deep in the field in the starting position. Uh, but I don't think he was really a contender for a win until that final restart. All of a sudden, that 48 had a real good uh, short run speed and was able to get by Denny Hamlin and get to the victory for Alex Bowman. So kind of a surprise victory, but, you know, here's Bowman in his third win at Hendrick Motorsports getting it done today. What were your thoughts watching Bowman go to victory lane?
2: Yeah, it looked like it was going to be Denny Hamlin, you know, wins both stages and gets basically max points outside of, you know, not the win, of course, but he he had the best car, and Logano was up there late there in the race, There's really three cars that were up there all day. It was the 11, 22, and the 19. The 19 had pit road uh, issues, and you would have figured it would have been one of those three. The Toyotas were really good, of course, in a sponsored race. The Gibbs cars were all up there for the most part, uh, for the exception of the customer car. Uh, And the fact of the matter is, you would, it should have went. You would think it would go to one of them, but that's why you have late race restarts. You know, freaking bad. Your tire fails on Kevin Harvick, and he slams the wall, and it opened everything up again. Uh, Bowman was able to make, uh, and that 48 team made a good pit stop. He was able to get an amazing restart, and he just pulled away. And he's he's a guy that you know for his whole career is always kind of. Uh, been able to. He's done more with less, you know, with some of the other organizations he was with before he came to Hendrick. He's basically uh, third or fourth on the totem pole at Hendrick right now, even though he's in the 48 car now. But uh, he has a. He just went and from the second part of the field, probably didn't have great pit pit p- placement and all, and now he's put himself squarely into the playoffs with the win. Uh, I mean, points-wise, he's not horrible, but, you know, he could probably be in a much better spot. Uh, either way, though, I mean, just credit to him. Uh, Greg Ives making that adjustment there late for them to be able to go out and get that win because now they're locked in the playoffs. Hendrick Motorsports is three of their four drivers in the playoff right now, and none of those – uh, guys that have a win are named William Clyde Elliott II. So it's uh, pretty crazy.
0: Yeah,
1: it was. You know, I don't, I was kind of surprised last week when I looked at the point standings and I saw Alex Bowman outside of the playoffs. And I was like, hmm, you know, what's going on with that 48 team? You know, uh, they need to start rattling off some decent wins. I wasn't concerned, but it was just kind of surprising to see how... Uh, just they weren't very good in, po- in the point standings. Well, today they put all their worries, worries away. They got the victory. They're going to be probably locked into the playoffs unless there's more than um, fifteen winners or sixteen winners, excuse me. Uh, but a, a solid run, and, and for Denny Hamlin, another heartbreaking finish. I mean, two hundred and seven laps he led. He won both stages. Was just a, a the dominant car all day. And uh, you know, Truex was up there and, and was second in both stages and led one hundred and seven laps as well. But to me, it was really Denny Hamlin's day. And uh, just the final restart, I don't think he had a really good short run speed. He couldn't pass, you know, and I, it would have been interesting to see if he, he would have really gotten around. Joey Logano had the uh, incident with Kevin Harvick not happened because that was what the race was at the end of that race. Logano was leading late with four laps to go, um, and Benny Hamlin was running second, and Hamlin was right on his rear end and, and trying to chase him down, and nobody was even close to him. I think Bowman at that time was third, but uh, seven or eight seconds back. So it was going to be down to the Hamlin or Logano, and it was going to be a real interesting race, maybe an epic battle, and then all of a sudden, Kevin Harvick blew a right, uh, left rear tire, hit the outside wall, caused a caution, everybody pitted, uh, and Hamlin got out in front of the 22, and the 22 kind of got a bad restart on the high side, and the 48 just was able to uh, speed on by the 11, and it was a really uh, good run by Alex Roman, and, and that's what these races come down to, especially lately with, with how many restarts we have and the double-file restarts that we have. Um, you know, it's It's that's the way it goes, and I know Bowman, everybody's going to look at it and say, you know, he kind of stole one, and he probably did, but you know what? They're, they're not. He's not going to get the trophy back. He did a great job at the end of that final restart, right when the money counted, and it, he deserves to win, so he's standing in the victory lane. Uh, Denny Hamlin, as I mentioned, finished second. He came up short, but a solid day. You mentioned the Toyota connection. The Toyota's ran great today, uh, and, and I'll get to a, little, a couple other guys in a little bit as well. Uh, Joey Logano was third. Chris was to me, was a surprising um, fourth place runner i thought he had a really fast car we haven't really seen bell perform all that great this year we know he won the road course at daytona early in the year kind of locked him in but they haven't really had a top five since then and so for him to go up there and really especially from early on to go out there and really perform very very well that was a solid solid run for that 20 car uh there in fourth and then martin church jr in fifth sped on pit road lost a lot of track position Phillip. up those are the kind of things you cannot do If you're going to win one of these races, especially late in the going, it was a green flag stop, Truex bet on pit road, and it cost him. He lost a lot of track position. He almost fell a lap down. Uh, Just for them to finish fifth was a miracle, a a very solid day for Martin Truex Jr., but uh, the speeding on pit road is what ultimately cost him a chance of victory at the end.
2: Yeah, and that's when you have two wins like he has and a de facto points leader, uh, minus Denny Hamlin, of course, who's going, who's got an insane start to his uh, 2021 season with all these top fives. I mean, his worst finish is 11th this year, and I was at Homestead. and I think he was running way better than that, and had uh, you know, misfortune early. I can't even remember what what the end game was there for him. But he runs well at Homestead in general, so. The fact that you have Martin Truex, he goes in speeds on pit road, uh, gives away a chance at a third win. And you look at the what happened to Harvick last year, and he won nine races, and he had all those playoff points, and he ended up still missing the final four. So every point does count, and to that's a missed opportunity. And the way things are going right now, how wide open things are, and you have, you know, the four of the top five from last year's point standings, not doesn't have a win right now as of yet. Uh, Then you add also Kyle Busch into that mix. I mean, so those are all big-name drivers you figure are going to come around and win at some point this year. Um, Truex probably wanted that win there to really solidify himself. I mean, Denny Hamlin is got a 4.2 average finish through nine races and he has eight top tens and all of those are top five. so he's on a crazy heater and he's great on super speedways he could probably take care of his little uh, lack of wins deal next week at Talladega but right now the points uh I mean for the way points are uh he's not going to win the the regular season title I think for all intents and purposes, is basically done even at nine races. Uh, so Truex would have wanted that win to go and give himself some extra playoff points and bonus points. But, hey, when you have two wins, it kind of bails you out at times when you may not do your best job or you're going to make an error like that. And um, and it's, it's a shame, but Truex is running better than he was last year. I mean, he was basically irrelevant most of the year last year. So he's kind of back to what he was doing with Cole Pern, uh, with James Small now. So uh, we'll see how that kind of – can if that will continue as we go through this very long stretch prior to the Olympic break.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think we touched on that even last week with Truex. When he won – uh, it seems like this 19 has found that speed they lost last year. Uh, you know, there was no doubt a a little bit of a funk they went into with James Small. And you can understand when, when James kind of took over, maybe he had a little bit of growing pains, a little bit of learning to do. But this 19 car has been, been sensational this year. And, and that kind of leads me to my next point as I go through the rest of this field here, Uh rest of the top 10, I should say. Uh, Eric roll is sixth. Let me say something about Eric Amarillo this year. Uh, he's had a horrible season. There's no question, but. Richmond's one of his best racetracks. And even when he drove the 43 car, I remember back when Richmond used to be the cutoff race. He had to. to um, I remember there was one year he was way, way, way behind, and he needed a really solid run in that 43 car to get in. He almost got it in. He almost got it in. Uh, he finished fourth year one year. So this is one of his better racetracks uh, for him to go out there and, and run sixth today. Uh, he had to feel pretty good. Uh, a solid, solid day. You know they've had a, a miserable season to start the year on that 10 car. It just seemed like they couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, they finished 11th at Phoenix, but that's their only top 15 of the year. So for them to go out there and finish 6th today, a really solid day for him. 7th uh, was William Byer, a decent day. Uh, got to cut, finish 4th and 8th in, in stage 1 and then an 8th in stage 2. Uh, Kyle Bush, an interesting guy, just because you know, he finished 8th and he uh, was 7th in one stage. And, you know, Kyle's just been – he's. It hasn't been as bad as it was last year, but we haven't seen him find that overall success as far as, you know, when you see the Toyota teams, like the 11, the 19, and even the 20 today were was very, very good. You expect to see that 18 up there kind of mixing it up with them. I mean, this is Kyle Busch, one of the best drivers in NASCAR, and he wasn't really doing that. He was just the top 10 car. So a little bit disappointing run for him. Matty Benedetto, another guy sort of in that uh, that b- block of, of – Eric Amarola, where they've had a tough year, they got a tough start, but De Benedetto really been figuring it out. But a nice ninth nice place run for him, and then Austin Dillon, who was pretty much top ten car all day, finishing in tenth. But a couple of guys there, Spencer, who really needed to have a good day, Amarola, De Benedetto, and then there's Kyle Busch, who and, and maybe even Austin Dillon, where you look at it and say you thought they would run a little bit better than what they did today. And what was your thoughts on uh, on some of those guys there from six to ten?
3: yeah the twenty one definitely had a pretty good day, <clears throat> and they needed that really i mean you know you get on a you get momentum and that's huge it can carry a long way you know your team is um pumped up they're they're more confident, i guess you would say um running well and it it your the team goes into next week even happier they're like man, you know we had a good run, let's continue and they're just they're they're more on their toes they' a lot more happier and that's with anything, not just NASCAR. Um, that's in any sport, football, baseball, whatever you want to, whatever sport you want to put that to. So, um, yeah. And as far as the 10, I mean, he was pretty much inside the top 10 most of the day, I would say. Uh, and I felt like even the four brought a little bit more speed there in the beginning. Um, he was battling what top five around fifth and sixth, pretty much towards the beginning of the race. And, you're like okay they they brought something they found something and um the 10 was definitely um the most outstanding one as far as having a bad year so far i mean he hadn't had a top 10 all day and that's from a storehouse race car so uh they really needed that and they're still way down in the points you know they're going to need a lot more than just a uh six place finish at richmond they're going to need a ton of more sixth place finishes and top five finishes so um <clears throat> and then byron you know he's He's just being Byron in the 24, running around in the top 10, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's consistent. And you're having a decent day, and um, and then you see the guys that are right there. Dylan's been good at this track uh, in the past. We saw here in the playoffs, and, you know, he rounded out. He finished the race 10th, and, and then the twenty one. you know, they're going to a race next week that they can win. Um, we saw that he almost won last year. It was controversy with Hamlin or whoever it was and another car, so – Um, that's a, that's a track that he can go and get a win, but just because you get a win, um, you still got to finish top 30 in points. So they, yes, I feel like they can do that, but, um, the way they've been running, boy, you can get below 30th in points, um, real quick. But the guys who also are below 30th are the, the four Rick Ware cars and all them. So, uh, I have, there's, there's a good chance. I know for a fact they'll make the top 30. So if he goes and gets a win at uh, Talladega, uh, he's pretty much set. But just because you make the playoffs don't mean um, you go far in the playoffs. You have to stay consistent. Um, these races are hard are hard to win when you're perfect. So no mistakes can really come from the 21 or the 10 anymore. They're, uh, they're in bad shape.
1: Well, it's interesting you mentioned about the 21. And, you know, they got off to such a rotten start this year. And uh, – I think it was the first three or four races, they were way, way down in points. You know, you look at DiBenedetto's finishes, you know, he has one top ten on the year, and you go, well, that's not a great year. Uh, They were 35th in points after Homestead. They were even 28th in points after Phoenix. But the last four races, Atlanta, Bristol, Martinsville, and Richmond, they've closed that gap a lot. Uh, Atlanta, they finished 11th. They got some stage points there, I believe. Bristol, they finished 13th. Uh, Martinsville, they were 12th. And then Richmond today, they finished ninth. And it's been this, sort of this thing with this 21 car where in the middle of a the race, they get some stage points, but then they kind of fade. They were able to hang on to the top ten today. But what that has ultimately done for Di Benedetto is it's put him in the conversation again as far as making the playoffs on his points. Now, when you look at the point standings and the reg- regular point standings, uh, Michael McDowell, who all of a sudden has fallen drastically, uh, and I think that was sort of expected. You know, he got off to a really good start, and he won a day to 500, Um but you know, he, he's fallen drastically. He's outside of the top 16 now, so now you got to move. Now he's going to remove somebody. So the 16th-place driver now is Chris Buescher, who now gets removed, and he's 17th. Um, and when you look at where uh, DiBenedetto is compared to Buescher, you know, DiBenedetto is now 29 points off of Chris Busher And with the way Chris Busher ran today, I don't even want to get into that conversation. It was awful. DiBenedetto can close that gap in uh-huh. Talladega coming up. Uh, they they can close that gap. So has done a really, really nice job um, of, of putting together some solid runs here the last four or five weeks, and he's closed that gap, unlike Amarola, who you mentioned, who's still 27th in the standings uh, and he's way, way back. Amarola's going to need to win to get that done. Uh, same thing with Briscoe and all those guys back there, but uh, DiBenedetto's closed the gap for sure. Uh, a couple other guys you mentioned to quick. Um, you know, I just expect a little bit more from Dylan today. I think they were a little disappointed, but uh, as you go from 11th to 20th, and there's some guys in here who did a little bit better day from 11th. Ryan Blaney, they can't figure out Richmond. I mean, he, every time he comes to Richmond, it seems like this this 12 car just it, they're just not good. They they uh, talked to an engineer who was on a broadcast today where they said, you know, for whatever reason, we can't figure out what Ryan Blaney wants in that race car. Chase Elliott in the nine car was 12th, a little bit disappointing there. He might have gotten. Uh, you know, awesome track position on, on some odd pitch strategy and some odd stuff going on there um, uh, 13th was Kurt Busch, you know a decent day, not great Brad Keselowski was 14th and talk about the odd pit strategy Jeremy Boland's leaving out uh, Brad Keselowski and I'll start with you Philip, about that, I mean Brad this, this to me was one of the racetracks that we expected him to go out there and run in the top 10, top 5 all day um, you know he was in the top ten when this happened, when the pit stop happened, when Ryan Newman spun. Uh, it was sort of an interesting spin because it happened in the middle of pit stops. But all of a sudden, Brad decided in the in in two car decided let's just sort of run out the stage or <laughs> we'll run out until we we, can't, we have to pit for tires. And it ultimately cost him a lap. He had to work his way back to get back onto the lead lap, uh, and he finished 14th, which isn't a dreadful day. But you just have to wonder what could have been for Brad Kizlowski. I don't know if they had a race-winning car today, Phillip, but they probably had a top five or maybe definitely a top ten, maybe even a top five race car today for that two car. What were your thoughts on Boland's strategy there uh, today at Richmond?
2: Yeah. You know, for years, they, when Brad was with uh, Paul Wolf, they would go and kind of roll the dice or try to take a chance The as we were talking about earlier, I mean the 11, 22, and the 19 were the class of the field. Uh, the Toyotas were way faster, and so they were trying to figure out a different way to get the job done. It didn't work. And granted, it's it's not great when you're not uh, when you haven't gotten a win yet. They only have the one playoff point with the one stage win, so they're giving up a lot of. They're already giving up a 10 points to Martin Truex. You know they're giving up four points to a bunch of other drivers that have won already this year. Uh, that that's that's kind of a a tough deal. But in in all in the grand scheme of things, they're in the conversation. They're 12th in points right now, uh, based on with all the winners and all that stuff. Uh, they're fourth of the cars that haven't won yet. Um, I don't see it as as bad or as egregious of a move. I think in the end they were just trying to roll the dice or try to figure out some other way because they weren't going to win in matching whatever strategy the, those other three were doing. The 22 has been solid all year. The reality is the 22 and the two are up there and one of them should have won the Daytona 500, and Michael McDowell ran over both of them. Uh, the 19 was up there, and he made a mistake today, but he's already won two races. And then Denny Hamlin has been the most consistent. He's been on, like, some sort of Earnhardt-level heater where he top tens and top fives to that to the point where he has such a huge point, that he doesn't have to show up for a couple of weeks. Uh, so... For Brad not to, to – it didn't work out, I'm not as concerned about that. I, I mean, he won there in the fall. Richmond's one of his better racetracks, yes. Uh, but I think there's a lot of good racetracks coming up Uh he has ran. And, and just keep on running consistently. That win will come. And keep on accumulating points. Put yourself in a position to compete for this championship later on uh in in the grand scheme of things it's not about right now race 9 it's about race 20 getting being there in race 26 and then also for the ten races after that uh to try to go and get the hardware at Phoenix in November
1: Yeah you um you you're certainly correct on that the only thing i'd say to that is um, is, that's a playoff race, Richmond. You know, when we get when we get to the next time we go there, it's going to be in the playoffs, so uh, maybe we'll have a little bit more momentum you wanted to, to build into that, and uh, and it couldn't do it today, so, you know, just sort of, to me, it was head-scratching just because the tire fall-off was huge, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's not going to be anything that's going to, I don't think, cost them the playoffs or anything like that, but um, and you can take those gambles. You have that luxury when you're in a really, really good race car, so uh, nothing major, but just sort of an interesting strategy there as well. A couple other guys here as we go through the top 20. Ross Chastain, 15th. That was a driver and needed to have a good run. He's sort of gotten got uh, hampered by that pit, pit strategy as well. But a decent run in 15th. You know, they haven't really been that great this year in that 42 car. Uh, and to see Ross go up there and at least competing for a top 10 run was good. Uh, Daniel Suarez, 16th. Another solid day for the track house team in that 99. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in 17th, not a great day. We've seen him run better, but, you know, not a disastrous day. Kyle Larson, 18th. That was kind of a surprise considering he's won at this racetrack before. Uh, Seeing him back there and not really even competing at all was sort of a surprise to me. Eric Jones, 19th, and then Tyler Reddick, 20th. Spencer, who really stands out to you, um, you know, as you go 15th through 20th? I know Chastain's one of you guys in there, and you have Larson there. A little bit disappointed, Dave, for Larson. I thought Ross ran pretty good. They had some nice, solid speed. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on those guys in, in those positions?
3: Yeah, I mean, as far as, I mean, realistically, this isn't one of Kyle's um, go-to racetracks. Yeah, he does have a win here, but you got to think, he would have never won if um, Truex didn't wreck. I can't remember who he got into um, in 2017. You know, they they got taken out going into one racing hard, and that's the year that uh, he won the regular season championship and was not happy after the race, and Larson was able to get it done after that. But if it wasn't for that, Larson would have a win here. And um, like I said, this isn't the track that Larson leads a lot of laps at and goes up and just dominates. Um, But I feel like as fast as that five-car has been um, throughout the year, I mean, you look – that's the best car at Hendrick right now is the five-car. Based off speed, um, finishes, um, yeah, even though Byron has a win and so does Bowman, but if you look at finish-wise, and, um, you know, I would say that the five is the best car at Hendrick right now, and I just felt feel like with that car having the speed that it does, it should have got um, better than 18th. And then as far as Chastain, that was a really good run there for a little bit. He was running 12th, um, which is, I mean, damn good for that team, the way they've been running. You know, in the in the beginning of the year, I think everybody had high expectations for that 42 car and Ross for how aggressive he is, how good he is. Um, you know, it's 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 the race cars over at Ganassi. I mean, you look at how bad Nice has gotten, but yeah, he ran seventh all day in the truck at Atlanta. And when he's not the 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 truck, the trucks aren't doing anything. So Ross is a hell of a race car driver. He's He'll get everything out of it, and he's just not able to do that in that 42 car, which is shocking. Um, But he he had a solid day, and this is kind of where they've been finishing pretty much um, a handful of the races this year, around 16th, 17th. They run 20th, 5th all day, but they somehow find themselves right inside the top 20 um, most of the time, I feel like, this year. So a little disappointed with the 5, but a good run for the 42, Um, you know, 15th's good. It's bad for some teams, but good for the 42. Yeah, for sure. Uh there's no
1: question about that. Other notables through the rest of the field here, guys. And uh I'll let i let Philip and I know we kinda I don't want to beat a dead horse here by talking about Stuart Haas racing, but Spencer mentioned it earlier. I mean, uh deep or excuse me, Amarola had a tremendous run today. It was it was such a I'm sure they feel so much better about things than they did twenty four hours ago just because they went out, didn't have any trouble, finished sixth, that was one of his best race tracks at Richmond. He's going to be feeling pretty good. And Talbaga, you know, he can win that. There's no question. Uh, Harvick was a top-ten car all day, too, which was a step in the right direction for them. Um, Usually Harvick, you know, we see him finish in the top ten, but they ran in the top ten for most of the day today. But then he blew uh, a left rear tire late and hit the outside wall. He ended up finishing uh, 24th. Didn't get much from Chase Briscoe or Cole Custer today. They were 22nd, 23rd. Um, Stuart Haas it looked like a couple of drivers and a couple of teams took a step in the right direction today. A couple of them didn't. Um, do you, anything that Harvick and, and Amarola did today, Philip, make you feel any better about the situation? Or do you think that it was sort of a Richmond, they track that you know, it's a short track and it was a flatter racetrack, but um, it's sort of, you know, we don't, we don't go there. There's not too many racetracks that are, that are like it. Um, I guess my question is, do you feel a little bit more confident if you're in a Stuart Haas camp because you at least saw a couple of drivers have a pretty good day? Or are you still in that situation where you're a little bit worried because, you know, uh the twenty the four the fourteen and the forty one really struggled and uh you know, they've struggled all year. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, you know, Stuart Haas has been I mean, it's not good. Uh there I I think I've said it or we've talked about it for the last few weeks, I I think Hendrick has kind of came back as being a competitive car, obviously, three of their team, three of the four cars have won. Uh, Clyde is a champion. They've kind of came back into that role as being one of the top teams again. And Stuart Haas, for whatever reason, has taken a step backwards uh whether it's I think Harvick said something about the inspection process or some of the things they have to do to the cars. Uh Briscoe's having you know, they they seem to find ways to get on the wrong foot every single week. Uh but I look at it and I trend based on what the 41's doing. If he's able to beat the forty one that we can take. I think the notion that if he's kind of running where the 41 was running, we saw what happened with Custer. He was able to back into a win last year, make the playoffs and kind of be in there. Uh, is it possible to go and win? I believe so in time for that, for either of those teams, but they're giving up so many points right now. You're basically hoping you catch Michael McDowell in points. You're giving him 40, 50 points. You'd have to start actually getting stage points. The 10 actually getting a good run. Almirola and Bubba the whole team is a positive. Uh, you mentioned the thing with offline. We meant, talked about Eric Almirola and how good or everything, and how he he almost brought the 43 car into the playoffs the one year. And they needed it. And Talladega is one of the only two places he's won in a cup car. And that's a sign, a positive sign. The four-car definitely was up there. Probably should have gotten a top-ten finish out of it. Bad year, of course, coming through, uh, cost them that. Uh, They're not where they need to be, of course. Uh, I think some of these races where they're going to have practice is going to help them maybe close the Close the gap, where whether it's the 600 Coda, uh, you know Nashville, uh, some of these races that they're going to have practice here coming up are going to help, uh, and and hopefully that'll mean that they'll be a little more competitive as the season goes on. But it's going to be pretty hard to make anything happen prior to uh, sometime next month, honestly, for the majority of Stewart Haas Racing. Yeah,
1: uh Talladega is going to be the wild card, we know that. It's always the wild card.
2: And uh it's something that we we don't
1: uh yeah. We we come to expect now. It's not a surprise. A couple of other notes I want to get to uh before we move on and and uh um Austin Cedric, let me get to this actually. That Chris Buescher finishing 25th. Rash Kennedy had a disastrous day. Newman was a little bit better. He got turned. I forget who turned who got into. Maybe it was Cedric. I forget who it was. Uh 30th, he spun and, and was five laps down. Chris Buescher, uh that t- 17 car was a disaster today. Bubba Wallace, not a great run again, and Bubba's now 20th in the standings. He's behind Di Benedetto, behind Newman. Um, he's going to need a good run of Talladega. If they have a wreck at Talladega, I'd be worried about the 23 car as far as making the playoffs. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they can do here. Now they've got nine races under their belt. It'll be interesting to see that. I'm not really sure what happened today. I think they got off pitch strategy, maybe had some other issues as well. Uh, but 26, expect a little bit more from that team today. Uh, I mentioned Michael McDowell earlier, 27th, not a great run. But I kind of want to focus on his teammate here. And I don't mean to to, to uh, destroy somebody here, but, you know, a lot of people have been talking about Anthony Alfredo and uh, what they think of him as a race car driver. And let me just say this. Alfredo's had, a, I think, a, a really, really bad year so far in that 38. I know he's a rookie, and I understand that, um, you know, He's a raw rookie. We're kind of viewing him against drivers have been doing this for a long time. He didn't have a ton of rate, a ton of starts, but the best finish for that thirty-eight car this year has been twenty-second at the Daytona Road Course. Um, they only have three top twenty-five finishes on the year. They only have a top twenty this year, which is unbelievable. Um, you know they were awful today at Richmond. They were awful at Martinsville. They didn't do well in the dirt race at, at Bristol. They got in a wreck there, but they weren't doing great then. They were awful at Atlanta. They crashed at Phoenix. So it's been a uh, it's been a, a miserable year for him. And, and last year, I think John Hunter John Hunter through nine races last year was 20th in his standings in that 38 car. Right now, they're sitting there. He's sitting there 30th in his standings. So um I, I, get it. I understand he's he's a rookie, but you just expect a little bit more from that 38 car, especially because his teammate has shown some speed at times this year. Um, but that 38 car has been a little bit disappointing. Been a little bit of a letdown for Anthony Alfredo this year. And you just hope that they can figure it out a little bit and get a little bit better uh, as the season goes on because it's just been a tough nine races so far for Anthony Alfredo. Spencer, I'll give you the final word on Richmond. What did you think of the racing today? There was a lot of negativity I should say. Or not I wouldn't say negativity, but a lot of people really didn't enjoy the racing today. Uh it was there was certainly a lot of cars that were lapped down. There was only fourteen cars on the lead lap. But even before that that helped that was helped drastically by that last caution because when Harvick spun a lot of people were able to take a wave around and get back on the lead lap there's about seven or eight cars on the lead lap at that time when that car came out. Um, what do you think of Richmond racing at Richmond today as a whole, Spencer?
3: Uh, yeah, it was all right. Um, I feel like the beginning was a little better than the middle and the end, but I mean, it's, it's a short track. You're going to, you know, it's, it's not a short track like Martinsville or Bristol. Um, it's basically a cookie cutter racetrack that is smaller. It's that kind of shape. So, You're going to have cars all the way around the racetrack the whole time. You're going to have a lot of um, cars that are not on the lead lap. But, I mean, hell, we see that on mile-and-a-half racetracks. So, I mean, you're going to see it on any racetrack that's not a super speedway. The only time you see it on a super speedway is when, you know, they lose the draft. So it's just the kind of race it it is. I mean, you know, lap traffic plays a big uh, part in how many cars are lapped down. I mean, when there's clusters of cars battling for – 18th and 19th and 20th you know that leader's gone he's in clean air and he's coming to get you so um it was okay i have seen better richmond races it wasn't the best but it wasn't bad if it was on tv right now on a replay would i watch it probably not so um it was okay
1: yeah a lot of people are killing richmond and i i want to say this and and i don't mean to i don't want to get too negative before we go to the truck race but i blame this race car more than anything i just think um You know, they put it in the daytime because they looked at it and they said, well, you know, the night racing hasn't been great at Richmond, so they put it in the daytime and it still wasn't great today. And let me say this before I kind of move on is a lot of people look at the, um, you know, uh, how many cars are on the lead lap as whether or not it was a great race. Um, I think we would have had a great finish if it wasn't for that caution with Harvick because it would have been very interesting to see uh, Logano and Hamlin battling it out whether... You know, Hamlin would have moved them or not, we don't know, um, but it would have been very interesting. Maybe we had an epic finish there, and that race would have been long-lasting, and, and we would have never forgotten it. But um, certainly was something to look at today. I think a lot of people on, on – the only reason why I brought it up was a lot of people on social media were sort of killing the race. Okay, Truck Series event, guys, from uh, Richmond. It was the Toyota Care 250 um, from Richmond Raceway. Of course, uh, John Check John Herne-Muchek went to victory lane and led 114 laps, um, on a way to victory. He held off his teammate and, car, and truck owner Kyle Busch, finishing in second. Tyler Ankrum was third. Chandler Smith fourth. Johnny Sauter fifth. That's Sauter's best run in a long time. Uh, going through the top rest of the top ten. Todd Gilland, sixth. Ben Rhodes seventh. Glenn Enfinger eighth. Uh, Sam Mayer good run for him, going all the way from 40th and finishing ninth. Austin Hill uh coming home 10th uh philip what were your thoughts on the truck race i mean john hunter um i think a lot of people were sort of scratching their head when the move happened moving him down to the truck series but he's got two wins and he's really performed well here in a truck series and uh, and if he keeps up what he's doing uh he's going to find himself back in a cup ride in and in a very meaningful cup ride very very soon what are your thoughts on john hunter nimichek's victory at richmond on saturday
2: not shocking at all. I mean, he had to come from 18th to do it, and he was up there with the boss. And uh, you know, he he was he, there's a reason why Kyle Busch offered John Hunter this opportunity. I think Toyota as well. They know what kind of talent you were just talking about. What he was doing this time, or I mean, of course, we're in pandemic, but whatever time or pre-pandemic time, he had had a good start to the year. I think the first 10 races were pretty solid for John Hunter, and then he started pressing and wrecking a lot um in the cup car. But then he's like, okay, do I stay and keep driving for front row, or do I get out and do you want her to win races? Well, gosh dang it, he's going and winning races. And, uh I mean, right now it's a basically – uh, to manufacturer race, and Toyota definitely has a major advantage, uh, compared to Chevrolet. Um, Ford is way off right now. Of course, it really doesn't matter. Just the body style, the engine's all the same for the most part. But John Hunter Nemacek going out there, getting more playoff points, getting more, another win. Uh, he's, he's got a six point lead in theory on, uh, Ben Rhodes in twenty point lead in regular points, and he's just going to keep on accumulating. Because really, at this at this point, it's more about what are they doing to get ready for the playoffs? Because he's already in Everything's set. It's about getting more wins, getting more hardware, uh, and it's going to be very difficult once they come down to the playoff uh, to beat that four truck. Honestly with the with all that they're gonna put into uh making sure that John Hunter Nemechek goes out there and wins that championship
0: uh
2: it was a it was a really deadly combination uh when it was announced and all, some of the moves that they have made and they're just going out there and proving it and it's kind of what you'd if John Hunter finally has the funding and the support and well, he's doing he's doing work with it.
1: There's no question, and uh you can really, you know, rebuild a career that way. Um and and that I think he's proven that. He's proven that, you know, this is the best race trucks. I mean, I don't know if he makes this move without Eric Phillips and I think that really helps uh that four truck because they've been uh, at a different level. Even Chandler Smith, you know, they had three KPM trucks in the top three at the end there. Um, and Chandler fell to fourth after Angrim passed him. But um, a, a nice job there by Kyle Busch Motorsports all in all. Uh, how about you, Spencer? Top ten run, uh, two of the top ten. We, we told you the top ten there. Who really stands out to you? Enfinger had a really good day. Something happened there, uh, and he finished the eighth. But um, who really stood out to you as far as having a, a solid run that really needed it? I mentioned Sauter before in fifth. I think he really needed a good run. But who who really stands out to you?
3: Um uh probably Todd, um, and Sam Mayer, I mean, really, if we're speaking of the top 10, um, I mean, as far as Todd, you know, last year, he ran really, he ran decent for his first year over there at, uh, DGR and front row combined truck team, and for some reason, I never really cared for the kid until, um, this year, I, I, I feel like he's a, a decent race car driver, and, um, for him to come out and get six with front row. And, I mean, you look at front row's cup team and you're kind of like, yeah. but, I mean, this is also a DGR truck basically. So um, I think that was a good run for Todd to go in the right direction and have a lot of momentum. He's, he's going to make the playoffs, but it would be nice for him to get some wins in that 38 truck and um, hang some banners in the front row shop along with next to Michael McDowell's Daytona 500 win banner would be cool for him to um, get that team some exposure. And even him, you know, I feel like Todd, if he doesn't step it up, he's going to be one of them drivers that just stays in the truck series. He's going to be a Ben Rhodes. I don't see Ben Rhodes leaving the truck series. Um, I just don't. You know, look at Sauter, Look at Matt Crafton. Why didn't they ever leave? Some guys are just full-on guys. Ron Hornaday. And Todd kind of reminds me of that type of guy that is just going to stay there. Not that he sucks. Not that he's terrible. It's just some guys just never leave because they never get that opportunity. But I feel like if he can go up and compete for wins and get a few wins, that maybe he can get a decent Xfinity ride because there's a lot of mediocre Xfinity rides where he can go get a ride. He might have to leave Ford to do it, but it is what it is. So um, I feel like that was a decent run for him. And as far as John Hunter, I called it. He's going to be the champion, and he's not He's not let me down yet. He's, he, yet. He won again. So um it's going to be hard to beat that four truck. Yeah,
1: trucks are off next weekend at Talladega. Of course we got Cup and Xfinity there next week at Talladega, but uh they run in a couple of weeks May 1st they run at Kansas and then that, we all go to Darlington on May 7th for the triple. That's the first triple truck challenge race. Uh the lift kit 4less200 liftkit4less.com 200 at Darlington Raceway. Uh so the in the and then May 14th they have off, but they go to Dakota. Uh, May twenty second, and then of course North Carolina Education Lottery two hundred on uh, Memorial Day weekend uh, for the Truck Series. They go there, and, and so that's a, again a triple header weekend there because there's no uh, All Star race at Charlotte this year, which is kind of interesting. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, yeah, you know, looking at the point standings, remember they take the top ten now in, in the Truck Series points, uh, and you know race winners, and and right now the only two truck regulars to win uh, a race this year are uh, John Hunter, Niemicek, and Ben Rhodes. Uh, those are the only two truck regulars to win, so they're at the top of the standings right now. Anyway, a um, couple of guys you get a little deeper into points, a couple of drivers I should say you get a little deeper into points, who I think you start getting a little bit concerned of, Tanner Gray. For whatever reason, David Gilliland racing has not been very good this year. Um, Haley Diggins really struggled. She's 18th in points, Gray 16th. Moffitt, I think we all expect Brett Moffitt to do a little bit better as well. He's 15th in the standings. I uh, expect him to – he's really got to put it all put it together. Spencer mentioned Nice really struggling, um, you know, and it seems like he's, uh, you know, he's struggling as well. Um, Ryan Truex, 19th in the standings. But the guy I got my eye on and somebody I really was pulling for, a couple of guys who I really got my eye on, Chase Purdy in 22nd, and somebody I was really pulling for to have a good year in the first year with that truck series team. And maybe I, I, kind of, um, overestimated what that team could do this year. And that actually war truck is Timothy Peters. Um, he's 23rd in the standings right now, and he's way back. Uh, I hope that team can find some, some good speed here and they really can pull off some halfway decent, uh, halfway decent runs. So, um, it's been, it's been tough. Um, I'm sure for that team, but it's just been a little bit disappointing. So as we get forward, going to the truck series, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. Okay, guys, we'll move to our, our picks this, this from last week, and i got an announcement to make. Philip Matthew was the winner for this week, so congratulations to Philip. He had a grand total of Yay, finally! It's a miracle. <laughs> he had a history. grand total of six points. He took Martin Truex Jr., who finished fifth, so he gets four points for that, and he had Kyler Reddick uh, as his dark horse, and so Reddick finished 20th, and he gets two points for that because of his dark horse pick. So that's six. Spencer finished second. He had four points. Uh, Brad Keselowski got two points for his top first 15th place run. And then uh, you got Eric Jones in 19th. He gets two points for that as well. And then Clayton was uh, three points. He got Chase Elliott uh, today in 11th. And then Bubba Wallace, my dark horse. And uh, he finished twenty fifth, so there's no points there. Um, so what that ultimately does is now it takes uh, Spencer to 62 points, uh, Clayton to 45, and uh, Philip Matthew to 24 points. So uh, Phillip's still breathing up from the in the, in the basement, but uh, close the gap a little bit for sure this weekend. Guys, we moved to Talladega. We know the crapshoot that it is at Talladega. Uh, there's not much to even analyze when we go to Talladega. It is just – I don't know what to say. It's just Talladega. That's all you can say. So uh, we'll get your picks here, guys. Right now we'll start with Phillip. Who's your pick to win and your dark horse? Remember, dark horse is people outside the top 16 in the standings. That includes now Chris Busher because McDowell is locked in from 17th. So – so. So uh, that leaves um, Busher out and McDowell in. So McDowell's got to be in the pick category; cannot be in the dark horse category. So
2: who's your pick, Philip? For uh, yeah, for me, I'm, I'll go with Hamlin uh, this week at uh, Talladega. He's <clears throat> whether he wins under the yellow line or over the yellow line, he's a uh, always kind of been one of the better drivers at Talladega. And, uh, it's, it's something that it wouldn't surprise me since he's freaking knocking off top fives on the regular this year randomly, uh, while his own team, uh, struggles mightily with retread group chiefs and whatever else, retread parts and a whole bit. Uh, my dark horse selection is going to be, Ryan Priest, uh, because I mean he's an open car. They're in the top he's ahead of some team a lot of teams that have funding and are not open cars. And uh it's not based on what he did uh this today. It was a pretty ugly day for him today, but uh I think uh priest's always seemed to do well on the super speedways and it's really wild and I'm twenty 40, 80 point whatever the hell, behind, so why not? Why don't I just go and, and do that? I, so my picks are uh, Hamlin for a winner and Priest as a dark horse. Interesting picks. Again, there's, you know, there's nothing to
1: analyze. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what to analyze here to be honest with you, other than good luck. I'll say that to you. Um, my pick for, you know, I'm going to do a little bit, what I always like to do with these races is just kind of throw – a random driver out there and say, hey, you can win. My pick for the win this week is Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and, and the, I'll give you a reason why I think that. You know, hey, I, just dude. Think, uh, I just think when you look at Stenhouse, first of all, he's, his two wins in cup have been um, on, on super speedways. So he's, he's proven he can do that in, in a good car. They're going to have fast-race cars there because that is a Hendrick Motors motor there. Uh, and I think that team is at a point where they couldn't, they're they going to want to run up front. I think there's some teams who might, like Harvick and guys who are locked into the playoffs or close to it, that might sit there and say, I don't want to tear up a race car. I don't want to get involved in this. Let's just hang on the back. But I think Stenhouse is going to be a driver who says, let's get as many points as we possibly can. Let's stay up front. Let's stay up. Let's keep up front. And he's a very aggressive driver, and I think you need to be aggressive to win these plate races. So I'm going to get Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for my pick. Uh, my dark horse and somebody outside – of the of the playoffs that I'm going to go with, um, again I think the, this is just sort of in the same situation. There's one at second place in the past, um, I think they're going to be in a desperate situation to where they're going to want to go up there and uh, and win this race, and that's Eric roll in the ten. Uh, I think you know they're so far back in points, they're going to they see this as an opportunity to gain some points for um, for a chance to make the playoffs. They see this as their opportunity to win a race, so they're going to go up there, and they're going to compete hard and try and win. So, uh, my pick to win is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. My dark horse is Eric
3: Amarola. How about you, Spencer? Who do you got? Well, you stole my my uh, main pick. Um, oh, sorry. I, d- <laughs> um, I will take... It's a toss-up. I know the 42 ran really well in the Daytona 500. He ran top 10 all day, but... I'll take the 21 because he's going to have three bad, fast-forward teammates with Blaney, Logano, and Brad. So I'll take the 21 as the dark horse, and I will take his teammate, Joey Logano. Okay, so, yeah, Logano's another driver who, um, you know, very,
1: very, very, very aggressive driver. And uh, Russell will up there. And I do like, uh, you said you is that a right for your dark horse? I'm sorry. Correct. Right. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Di Benedetto, um I like that pick a lot. Again, he's sort of in the same boat, not nearly as bad as roller, but he's sort of in the same boat where, you know, this is a good opportunity if you know, they haven't had the speed to win races this year in that twenty one car, so this is an opportunity for them to try and go out there and lock themselves into the playoffs. Um, so they can certainly do that uh here heading into Talladega. Um, you know, nine races into the year, you got Xfinity next week, you have Cup next week. There's not much to dissect next for next week's races i don't know what else to say um so i'll let you guys you know for a little bit of the show i'll go to philip and then i'll go to spencer and then we'll close it out um what's been the biggest surprise and i am not put you on a spot here uh philip so and, and both you guys um but this is gonna be the same question for both you guys i'll start with philip uh what's been your biggest surprise through nine races it could be anything you know um whether it's a driver a team that's or team that struggled or has performed very very well or just the way um you know, certain things have happened in the season that you didn't expect it to happen. Uh, it could be truck, Xfinity, or, or Cup. What's really been the biggest surprise to you, Philip, uh, and then I'll go to Spencer with that question as well, so far here through nine
2: races in 2021? I mean, I, I think the parity that we have uh, in the Cup se- series, uh, when you consider how restrictive the rules are at this point, uh, with this, with whatever Gen Six and moving to a newer car, and all the manufacturers are competitive again. Uh, you have Hendrick winning again, uh, while you know Jimmy Johnson's running an indie car. You have you have uh, the the Ford. You have Pemsky up there, and you have of course all the Gibbs cars up there. So in in the end. It's To me, I think the parity that exists in a sport they, they, that has definitely gone farther away from being stock car racing, to me is a, a pleasant surprise and something that hopefully as they move forward with the Gen 7 car, that'll still be possible, even though it's more spec. Uh, but I think that's the main thing. Uh, the racing's left a lot to be desired most weeks, but you get kind of get used to that and you deal with it, and we'll see how it goes. Um, not as much next week, but when they go to Darlington or Kansas or some of these other racetracks that are more uh, the bread-and-butter tracks that they go to on a weekly basis.
1: How about you, Spencer? What's been your biggest surprise so far in 2021? Again, it can be anything... Uh, just something that you thought maybe going into the season that oh, I, you know didn't expect after nine races so far. You look at it and go, man, I'm really surprised by that. What is that?
3: Yeah, I I think it's just the number of winners that we've had. Um, you know, just the mixture between manufacturers, the Toyotas, the Fords, the Chevy. Um, and, I mean, we've seen teams totally swap. I mean, we've seen Hendricks struggle the past couple of years. The nine was the only car over there doing anything and then Storhaas was dominating and they've just switched. Um so I think it's just the fall off between some teams and the gain of some teams. So um you know, which is nice. It's good to see, you know, it switch up and not the same teams dominating Harvick winning a uh, quarter of the races. So I think that's the biggest thing. Um you know, nobody's really running well enough you know, that I'm shocked. You know, everybody's kind of running where I expected them. Um, not saying I'm a genius or anything. It's just, you know, the guys who are running in the top ten are the guys that are normally in the top ten year in and year out. So um, that's the biggest thing, just the amount of winners that we've had. Um, good racing where the guys that don't normally win are winning. Byron's already got to win. Bowman's already got to win. Those are not guys that we see up there uh, winning races week in and week out. So that's the biggest thing for us. Well, to me, the biggest surprise is
1: Stuart Haas. And I say that because it's so drastic, their struggles this year. I mean, I, if you told me before the year started that they're going to struggle this year, I'd go, okay, you know, they're going to be, you know, Harvick might be like, you know, sixth in points. Amarola might be like, you know, 17th in points. You know, Briscoe might be like 21st and, and Custer like 22nd. okay. You know, they're, they have three cars that are outside the top 25 in the standings right now. Um, that's a surprise. And they have Harvick, who's very, very good, and um, we've seen him run good, but they haven't been competing for wins this year. So that, to me, is the biggest surprise. And, and I don't mean to keep harping on that. I know we've touched on that a lot. It's just the fact that they have fallen off so much and that they haven't really closed the gap on that yet. Um, when you usually you see a, good, a big team like this, that they – you sit there and they go, okay. You know, they struggled early, but they're starting to figure things out a little bit. Like you saw from the 21 car uh, this year where they kind of had some bad luck and then they worked some things out and they've gotten some points here recently. Uh, Stuart Haas, you know, as an organization, as a whole, just has not put it all together. And they haven't done a 2-9 races this year. And Philip um, mentioned the long stretch we have until the Olympic break. You know, they're going to have to get their act together fast if they really want to make something out of this year or, or they're going to be behind for a long, long time. So that, to me, has been the, uh, the, been the biggest surprise here so far um, in 2021. I'll say that, and, and I, I talked about Wrecking War. I'm surprised how much they've struggled this year. I'm surprised how much Nisa struggled in the Trek Series um, this year. And uh, an extended to the surprise to Ryan Sieg. I felt Ryan Sieg would have a better year as well. So I've um, been kind of surprised for there. But, guys, thank you so much for, 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 uh, for all your help this week. You always do a great job. And uh, Talladega next week, it's going to be a absolute madhouse at Talladega Xfinity on Saturday, Cup on Sunday. we uh, will be watching. We'll through all down for it on Talking in Circles next week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty.